How do people think they can physically abuse a child and get away with it? How long will offenders lie to authorities and rescuers thinking they will get away with it? Fortunately, the technology involved in collecting evidence is getting better and little by little, health professionals are being trained to detect abuse of children, teenagers, adults and the elderly. This is the story of Fallon Fridley, a two-year-old girl who had her life taken by someone who was being paid to protect her. Kristin Ann Fridley was 25 years old when she discovered she was pregnant. The pregnancy was not planned and she was not even in a stable relationship with the baby's father, but the news was still received with a lot of love. At first, Kristin's boyfriend participated in the pregnancy, but over time he became distant and as the pregnancy approached the ninth month, he was no longer part of Kristin's or the baby's lives. However, Kristin's mother Cheryl, her aunt and godmother Sandy, and her sisters Stephanie and Cindy were very supportive and ready to welcome the little girl. On September 27, 2018, in Hollywood, Florida, little Fallon Lynn Fridley was born. As Fallon's father had been away for months and did not return Kristin's messages, Fallon was given just her mother's surname. Kristin finished a veterinary technician course in Florida and returned to live in Georgia near her family. She soon got a job at a shelter that cared for animals that had been abused and abandoned. She loved her job and was in charge of the cat rehabilitation and care department. To be able to work, Kristin placed little Fallon in paid daycare. Her mother and sisters were unavailable to help in this regard due to their own work and college commitments. On days off and on the weekends, everyone wanted to see Fallon. She practically had two grandmothers, Kristin's mother Cheryl and her godmother Sandy. They both loved the baby equally. On March 2020, Kristin met Cameron Gant, who was divorced and already had a six-year-old daughter. The relationship progressed quickly and they married in October of the same year. Following the wedding, Kristin and Fallon moved into his house in Woodstock. Cameron was very fond of Fallon and treated her as if she was his own daughter. She was a happy child, very intelligent and obedient. In May, the US went into lockdown due to the pandemic and Fallon's daycare centre closed. For two weeks, Kristin stayed at home due to the restrictions but had to return to work a short time later. As Cameron worked in the gardening sector, which was a job considered to be a basic necessity and which is done outdoors, he was also called back to his workplace. There was no place to leave Fallon as all schools and daycare centres were closed. Kristen became desperate. One of her sisters proposed she contact a mutual friend called Kirsty Hannon. Kirsty had also lost her job due to the pandemic and had decided to offer childcare services. Did you notice that their names are very similar? Kristin, Fallon's mother, and Kirsty Hannon, the nanny. To make it easier to understand, we will only call Kirsty by her second name, Hannon. Hannon was 29 years old 
lived in an apartment in Sandy Springs, 25 minutes from Kristin's house, and had a three-year-old daughter and a newborn baby. She had been a friend of the family for years and was known as a loving mother who posted photos of her children on social media every day. Hannon's apartment wasn't on the way to Kristin's work, but it was worth it since she was a well-known member of the family. The fact that Hannon also had a daughter in the same age group as Fallon was also great. The children could spend the day playing together. Whenever she picked up her daughter, Kristin noticed that the girl was always happy, well taken care of and sometimes cried to not leave. So on Monday, Wednesday and Friday, Kristin would leave Fallon with Hannon in the morning and pick her up at 5pm. On the other days, her mother Cheryl had the day off and would take care of her granddaughter. On December 9th, 2020, Kristin left her daughter with her babysitter at 8am, intending to pick her up in the afternoon. But that day, something happened that had never happened before. Around 12.30pm, Hannon called Cameron's cell phone asking him to let Fallon sleep over with her that night. Cameron didn't want to approve it because she wasn't his daughter and he advised Hannon to call Kristin. Hannah explained she preferred to call him because she knew that at her job she doesn't always answer the phone and with him it would be easier to ask. Cameron said he would try to get in touch with Kristin. He called his wife and together they thought there would be no problem. Fallon usually stayed there until the afternoon. She used to go to bed early. She loved her little friend and her babysitter and in the midst of so much housework to do, a free Friday night would be great for the couple. Kristin then texted Hannah saying everything was fine and that she would call later. Then, at 4.30pm, she sent a message asking how her daughter was. Hannah responded that Fallon was fine and that they were at the playground and her battery was running out. Kristin was a little upset, thinking... How could a babysitter bring kids to a playground without first charging her phone? From that point on, Kristin's messages were no longer viewed. One of the messages she sent was, Call me on FaceTime as soon as you charge your phone. I'm not used to spending many hours away from Fallon and I want to see her face. At 6.30pm, Hannon replied to the message, We finally arrived from the playground. Fallon played a lot. It was really fun. Kristin called Hannon, but she did not answer. Kristin continued to call insistently until Hannon responded by text. Wait a minute so I can charge my phone. Kristin waited and waited, and at 7.30pm she called on FaceTime. This time Hannon answered and on the screen she saw her daughter lying down, covered, in a very dark room. Kristin found it strange as Fallon rarely sleeps before 8.30pm. When Kristin called for her daughter, Hey baby, mummy is here. Hannon quickly left the room saying, She is very sleepy, they played a lot today in the playground. At this point, Kristin was only thinking about collecting her daughter the next day and that was it. There would be no more sleeping away from home. It was too much stress for a mother, but even so... She still thought everything was fine. She trusted her friend. After all, 
She was the one who had been watching Fallon for the last four months, and any discomfort she and Cameron were feeling were probably symptoms of their longing and insecurity about being away from the child for the first time. Kristen tried to relax, had dinner, and had just sat on the couch to watch some TV, perhaps the first night in years that she could watch anything other than children's television. At 9.20pm, Kristen received a call from Hannon, who desperately asked her to go to her house. She was calling Fallon, but the girl wasn't responding. She was trying to wake her up, but she was not moving. Kristen could not believe what she was hearing, and her heart accelerated. Hey, você se interessa por crimes reais, serial killers, coisas macabras e tem um senso de humor um tanto quanto sórdido? Se sim, você não está sozinho. Se você precisa de um lugar recheado de pessoas como você, venha conhecer o podcast Pátria Amada Criminal. Todas as semanas tentamos entender o pior da humanidade. Nesse processo a gente ri, chora, fica brava, fofoca, porque afinal de contas é assim que a gente fala quando está entre amigos. Suas novas melhores amigas trevosas estão aqui no Pátria Amada Criminal. On the way to Hannon's house, Kristin learned that emergency services had already been called and that Fallon was being taken to Children's Health Center of Atlanta. She and Cameron went there immediately. When they entered the emergency room, the scene was heartbreaking. Meanwhile, Kristin's sisters and mother arrived at the hospital and together they tried to calm her down and to pray for little Fallon. Just before midnight, Doctors called Kristen and Cameron to explain that Fallon's condition was very serious. But they told them that the injuries found on the girl didn't match the story that the nanny had told them. Fallon was in the post-surgery room. Arriving in the room, Kristen could see her daughter and asked God for everything to go well with her recovery. She even took a photo holding Fallon's hand. Minutes later, her death was confirmed. An autopsy was carried out and the report revealed that the child had suffered multiple serious injuries that resulted in her death, including a large skull fracture, rupture of the liver, spleen, some colon lacerations, wounds in the genital area and anus. In the report, Fallon's death was considered a homicide. The police department sent two detectives to Hannon's apartment with search warrants. There, they seized the cell phones of Hannon and her boyfriend, Jeffrey Myers, 28 years old, who also lived there. However, it was the content found in a search of Hannon's cell phone that revealed the degree of cruelty and perversity in this case. The police found the following searches on the nanny's cell phone that were carried out between 10am and noon that same day. 1. What kind of person likes to hurt other people's children? 2. What does it mean to have a sudden urge to hit a child who isn't yours? 3. Mental help. 4. When I hit my child afterwards I feel guilty. 5. Why do some people like to hit children? She carried out these searches before calling Cameron asking that Fallon sleep at her house that evening. The police saw this as evidence of premeditation. Several other pieces of evidence were collected by the forensic team. On searching the apartment, 
they found it had been cleaned, but after treating it with luminol, they discovered much more about the violence that Fallon suffered. However, all this evidence is confidential. On December 11th, Hannon was arrested and charged with two counts of aggravated murder, one count of intentional homicide, one count of serious bodily injury, and one count of first-degree cruelty to children. Now, to everyone's surprise, and especially Kristin and Cameron, it transpired that this was not the first time that Hannon had been accused of something like this. In August 2010, she was charged and arrested for domestic violence. However, the court filing does not provide details about the two victims listed. This type of secrecy usually happens when the victims are minors. In 2012, Hannon was also arrested for possession of prescription drugs without a prescription. In other words, legally, she could not take care of children. On the day of the crime at 7.30pm, Hannon made a post on her social network that said, An old man said to his grandson, My son, there is a battle between two wolves inside us all. One is evil. It is anger, jealousy, greed, resentment, inferiority, lies and ego. The other is good. It is joy, peace, love, hope, humility, kindness affection and truth. The boy thought about it and asked, Grandfather, which wolf wins? The old man quietly replied, The one you feed. This message was deleted between the day of the crime and the date of the arrest. On January 21st, 2021, the arrest of Hannon's boyfriend was announced. According to police, Hannon was not the only person present when Fallon was attacked. Jeffrey was inside the apartment and he was the one who helped Hannon place Fallon in a bathtub of ice water to try to revive her. He was charged with child cruelty and second-degree murder. The judge in the case denied bail because at the time of the crime, he was violating probation rules for other crimes. Hannon remains in custody but with bail set at $1,600,000. The accused's two children were provisionally placed in the care of a family designated by social assistance. The prosecutor in the case, Farney Willis, who was recently elected to the position and who will continue the case, intends to request that Hannon be eligible for the death penalty. Samantha Shelton, Kristen's boss, created a GoFundMe account to raise funds for Fallon's wake, and as the amount exceeded the stipulated amount, Kristen and Cameron decided to donate the rest to a foundation that cares for children who are victims of physical abuse. At her daughter's wake, Kristen was on medication. As the case is relatively recent, and many processes have been delayed due to the pandemic, Hannon and Jeffrey are still awaiting trial. Hey, 
Você se interessa por crimes reais, serial killers, coisas macabras e tem um senso de humor um tanto quanto sórdido? Se sim, você não está sozinho. Se você precisa de um lugar recheado de pessoas como você, venha conhecer o podcast Pátria Amada Criminal. Todas as semanas tentamos entender o pior da humanidade. Nesse processo a gente ri, chora, fica brava, fofoca, porque afinal de contas é assim que a gente fala quando está entre amigos. Suas novas melhores amigas trevosas estão aqui no Pátria Amada Criminal. 